Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. Very warm welcome to all of our audience members. My name is Willem Klopper, and I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, we will discuss the two different plumbing industry bodies, IOPSA and PIRB. The objective of this conversation is to gain a better understanding of the industry bodies by determining why these bodies exist, what the different roles of the bodies are and what they play in the plumbing industry, and what impact the bodies have on the plumbing industry itself, as well as what the benefits are of being registered with either body. Now, with me in studio, I've got my anchor, Mr. Steve Brown, the operations manager from uh, IOPSA, as well as our guests, uh, Mr. Lee Smith from PIRB and uh, Mr. Brendan Reynolds from IOPSA. Very warm welcome to you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us in studio today. And um, I'm going to start off by asking you to start off by introducing yourself. Just give us a little bit of a bio of yourself, who you are, why you are in the sector and, and what position you have. Brendan, let's start off with you. Thanks, Willem. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, I, uh, I'm actually a third generation in the plumbing industry. Uh, my grandfather was one of the first potters at Vol, Vol Sanitary Ware, which I think most guys will know. And my mother followed in his footsteps. And then I kind of started in that, but then decided that pottery wasn't, wasn't exactly the line I wanted to be in. And uh, I moved into general plumbing supplies. As a, as a young man, I was a picker in the organization, and I grew with that organization uh, over several years. Until eventually, I was running a branch, and that branch then uh, eventually became one of the initial Plumlink stores. Um, I then had a long career with Plumlink, about 20 years that I was with Plumlink, uh, until eventually uh, I decided that the corporate life wasn't for me anymore and uh, I left to start a business with my wife completely out of the out of the plumbing industry and um, and then eventually there was a vacancy at IOPSA and uh, I suppose plumbing gets into your bones eh? you uh, you miss it and I really did miss it and uh, so when I saw the vacancy at IOPSA uh, uh, I jumped at the opportunity and uh, yeah, the rest is history. The last two and a half years, I've been the executive director of IOPSA, and uh, and this industry is a passion of mine, and uh, I really believe in it, and I, I really feel that uh, that it that it can be a truly great industry in our country. Brendan, if you don't mind, if we would just recap on what 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 is what is your current role within IOPSA? So I'm the executive director. Um, the executive director within IOPSA is appointed by the board to run the day-to-day affairs of IOPSA. So uh, to implement all the strategies and the, and the decisions that are taken by the board uh, and, and to actually get, get the job done. So boots on the ground, stuff happening, uh, things being done, uh, that's what I'm tasked with. So basically, you could almost say like the, like the CEO of a, of a company, uh, it's a similar sort of position. Well, thanks for that. Lee. Thanks. Thanks, Willem. Thanks for inviting me as well. I appreciate you yeah, sitting alongside uh, Brendan 
from the Institute of Plumbing of South Africa as one of the, the bodies in the industry. Um, after my studies, I um, did a degree in construction management. I started working with my father, you know, family business, getting into that specific. And then, of course, with uh, plumbing in the business, my brother is a plumber. So part of that, we got into the, you know, into the singer sings and being part of his business, part of that specific process. And obviously, like uh, water and fire, family and business doesn't <laughs> really mix. And then I went off on my own and started my, uh, a maintenance company. And I'm an entrepreneur by nature, you know, so I do a lot of things. I try I try a lot of different avenues. You know, I run a, um, tried my hand at training, still try my try training, but a few other business interests as well. I had a uh, plumbing maintenance company, but I phased that out um, and I moved on from that specific environment. So, yes, while I've got a lot of understanding working from the trenches down there, look at all the calluses on my hands. I'm a little bit less now, but uh, still there. So uh, I did I did swing a, a pick over the weekend <laughs> at home and I, I was dead for the last two days. And, and gained a couple of blisters on the hands yes, as well. 100% <laughs> from that point of view. So, yes, definitely my role has changed more from a – Yes. So, yeah, just to jump in, I think, uh, you know, it comes over to both of you. I think, you know, a lot of the, the perception that comes out from, from the plumbers, you know, that are at the coal face, I think it's good to understand that, that both of you have actually been there. You know, sometimes the perception is that the word suits, you know. So, you know, it's good to see that you guys are actually, you've, you've come up through the ranks and, and, and through and understand what the plumbers go through. Is that correct in saying that? you know, alluded to that we sit in our ivory towers and we don't know exactly what's going on the ground. We've been through that, Mel. Brendan might be, um, I mean, his dealings, and I don't want to speak for him, in Plumlink, understanding the customer, understanding his gripes. I'm, I'm sure when he was at Plumlink, he had the many gripes about IOPSA and PRLB from that side. And also, I understand what happened. I've been in the ground. I dug the trenches. I got shouted by the customers. I I had the labor problems, everything from that point. So it's not as though we're coming from an outsider point of view and not understanding the industry from that point of view. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it, uh, you know, from our side where it wasn't a traditional sort of a, a plumber's background, but, you know, I started as a, as a picker and a packer and then into receiving and buying and sales. So although I came uh, a different route, uh, it's still within the plumbing industry, but Correct. from a different aspect and, and again, from grassroots up. So obviously one of the things is being part of an industry, you know, in exactly the same way as I had gripes about the industry. I have gripes about the fact that there are unqualified people running around and, you know, and uh, we had a communication on the platforms of exactly the fact, that, well, why, why are the suppliers selling... Uh, geezers to unqualified people. That's a completely different discussion, but I had exactly the same gripe. So I understand that bottom. And, and, but the difference was, is instead of sitting and throwing stones in, how can you make a difference? Be part to that process. And two decades, I can tell you that for a fact. I said, well, how do I make a difference? And I started, I started engaging as a member organization with the Institute of Plumbing. And I worked through that specific process, you know, being part of the meeting, giving my opinions, giving my input, being trying to put a positive stance on the thing and not just throwing stones in the process. I mean, trust me, we butted heads left, right and center, but we all had the common process. And one of those common causes was to create a register, a national register for South Africa. And because IOPSA is a member organization, 
And and uh, as IOPSA said, well, you know, we have to, while we are a member organization, one of our objectives is, is to help the industry out as a collective, not in our isolation. And then party through that process, they said, let's go and create a national register um, body, which was, which which gave birth to the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. So the, the, the mother, if you want to put it that way, of the PRLB was IOPSA all right. for the good and intention re, uh, reasons for that. And I was part of the project team over the years. We've built it up, and obviously it's a separate organization with a separate board, um, separate uh, structures, because they, they, well, similar objectives, just but on different streams. All know? right. And um, as a result of my involvement, I was nominated by the board to be the chairperson of the PROB, which I'm currently at. Thanks for that. Now, having said that and having discussed about the industry bodies coming to life and, and coming to existence and being established and founded, what is the purpose of having an industry body or industry bodies as an, and organizations in the first place? Why do they exist? Okay, so, so, you know, I, I used to ask that question as well. You know, and the reality is, uh, you know, people will sit around and say to us, you know, what are you there? Well, why am I paying this fee? What are you doing for me? At the end of the day, the reality is, is not what we can do for you, is but what you can do for the industry. And we create that platform for you to, to organize the industry, to all sing off the same hymn sheet and run in the same direction. That's the one point. The second point is, is that the organization talks on your behalf as a collective, as together, as one. That is not just one person shouting and throwing a peanuts in. We collect that information, we collect that, that that voice, and we can talk for you as an industry, as one. And 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 also talking from a from a, a on the ground point of view, you know, it's it's the credibility that it brings to you. If you know what I'm saying, I can sing my praise and I can say I'm the best plumber in the world and the best thing to the consumer and all that stuff. Uh, who, who, who says that? You yourself or your peers? And it's the, by giving me that badge that is set by my peers as a collective, be it being a licensed plumber or being a member of the Institute of Plumbing, it's the code that they have set as my peers that I buy to, not my own code. And I believe that's that. That is one of the key things that the a it brings people together to have one voice, and secondly, it gives you that credibility that is set by your peers and not by yourself. Lee, can I just fill in on that? If I if if you refer to one voice, and that you're saying that the organisations and the industry bodies speak on behalf of the register, the people who are listed on the register or members on on IOPSA side speaking to who and, and, and speaking on behalf of them to whom? To the general public? To to, to government? So so yes, 100%. But uh, I, think, I think you've got to distinguish the two bodies. And I think what we do is, yes, we do speak on behalf of the members, obviously, to government and whatever. But the two organizations can play, can play a completely different role with regards to that. And I think I'm going to get Brendan just to touch on that specific space, but more to the sense of that the RLB doesn't want to be a judge and a juror. So we don't sit at government. We can talk to government, but the reality is, and which we do, but the conversation tends to happen with IOPSA. Then we, we, we are partial to those discussions, and then we get told what those discussions, which then IOPSA goes for, sorry, PRLB goes forwards 
and improvement. Brendan. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, so maybe at this point, um, it might be important just to understand how IOPSA structure works because it's going to speak to your question. So what happens is that all the members in a particular region uh, will elect through a democratic process, elect a committee. Uh, the, within the committee, they then elect a chairperson. All the chairperson, chair people from all the, the regions then form the core of the IOPSA board. So uh, in that way, the voice of the plumber from, from the lowest level gets heard at IOPSA board level. And then, as I said earlier, the board gives me the instruction of go and do this, you know, or go and sort that out or however, whatever it is they want to do. So in that vein is if the plumbers on the ground are experiencing certain issues, uh, they will then feed it up into the board structure. And if, uh, if it finds uh, resonance with the board, they'll tell me to go. And that will then mean whatever it is, I must go and interact with those people. So whether it's a government department, whether it's a, a provincial, some sort of a provincial structure, a, a different um, uh, industry body, like for example, maybe the architects or the quantity surveyors, uh, or a business grouping. Or the PRRB. Or the PRRB, or whatever it is. So, uh, so that's how it works. And, and whoever it is that we need to engage with, we then will go and engage with them. But at the same time, and I think a very important thing that often gets lost in the conversation with industry bodies is uh, it's difficult for each individual business owner to keep their ear to the ground as to all the different things that are going, new laws, There's, there might be new BE laws, there might be new traffic laws, there might be new employment laws. And it's very difficult for guys to keep their ears to the ground. And then all of a sudden they get the surprise that they've been breaking the law and they didn't even know that the law existed, you know. The policeman's so, pulling them off because they don't have a, whatever, a yellow sticker on their car or something. So the role also of the, of the industry body is to keep their ear to the ground, understand what's happening in the market, and as far as possible communicate that through to their members so that they are aware of what's transpiring. Okay, if you can just elaborate a little bit more on the different roles between IOPSA and, and, and PRRB. Um, I think what the misconception is, is that um, the PRRB, and, and I think, let's go back into the past, why we kept the two bodies separately. And I, I think that's an important point is because there's a lot of, they a lot of us say, well, why, are they two, why is this and that? Why didn't we say, we don't know who we're talking to. And the main reason why is because IOPSA is a voluntary organization and that's how it should remain because it speaks on behalf of industry you know and that's that because that, when you start making it a regulatory it loses its emphasis if you know what I'm saying from that point of view and but the 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 direction and remember member organization and let's let's talk numbers let's really talk numbers how many um, plumbing companies are there in South Africa you well, know, that's a question mark. You know, we can we can throw some figures around the table, but the reality is that the membership organization through IOPSA doesn't really got everybody aboard. It, it has a bulk of the economic activity, but not everybody aboard. So, yes, while it has a, a, a good insight as to what must happen in the industry and is one of the leading bodies in the plumbing industry and has a good sense of the direction it should uh, take the 
because of the feedback through the regional structures to that specific thing. But the reality is it's not everybody in the sector. And it was while the members in that specific was running and saying, we are trying to adhere to a code and all that stuff, but they were being pulled by, down by a, uh, outsiders that have no had no cohort or anything to that. So we said we had to create a structure that we could bring everybody into a fault and find some commonality that we can all, one for a better word, bat off the same wicket. And therefore, the PRRB was structured as a register, not a membership, as a registration body, which as part of that monitors the process. So the PRRB, again, function, if you want to just put it down to two things, is registering and monitoring the industry based on the criteria that is set by industry. And the reason why we kept it out, one of the other reasons is because we were going towards, we wanted this body to become mandatory, i.e. is legislative. Now you couldn't have the two together. You couldn't have a voluntary organization and then a legislative organization together. It just wouldn't work. And that was the main. That's why, yes, I, I, I would acknowledge the fact there is, there is a, a I wouldn't say confusion. Well, it is a confusion out there, but this misconception why they're two bodies, but they have clear and definitive roles. And, but we work very closely together right. to it because we are achieving the same objective. Of it's course. about uplifting the plumbing sector for the benefit of everybody who's working or wanting to work into the sector. 100%. So maybe just to elaborate on what Lee said. Uh, so the PRRB is a register for the individual person, for the, the human being as a qualified plumber. Uh, IOPSA is a voluntary organization for companies. So our membership is not people, it's companies. Our membership is also made up of not only plumbing companies, but plumbing suppliers, manufacturers, uh, uh, people in associated businesses, so we broadly represent the industry. The RRB is for the individual qualified plumber. In terms of uh, actual functions that are performed, a lot of people uh, ask the question, what has PRRB done? Well, PRRB is there to register you and to monitor you and to protect the public's uh, safety. IOPSA, on the other hand, is the one that's doing the training that's interacting with government, that's lobbying on behalf of industry, that's uh, addressing concerns within the industry and all that sort of thing. So they're quite different. Uh, you, can, you can almost view IOPSA as, uh, as, a, as almost like an employer body, you oh. know, of companies. Uh, I hope that makes some sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think also, uh, sorry, Willem, um, but also just to go back, and again, it's not something that's new, but I mean, I'm sure in terms of Brendan and Lee, is that it's exactly the same as the electrical profession where we have the Electrical Contractors Board and the Electrical Contractors Association. So again, that it's not a new model that's been uh, put in place. It's exactly the same principle. Yeah, right? there's various industries. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of different industries that run exactly the same. I mean... The, the architects, the waterproofing association, different different cohorts run exactly the same bodies all over the world. It's exactly the same. I mean, take for instance Australia, where the 
plumbing industry registration boards model was based on was based on in a Victorian state of Victoria which Australia is a federal state we sent a delegation in 2008 across to go and have a look at the under guidance from the World Plumbing Council and exactly the same they've got a register and they've got a master plumber master plumbers association completely different you know completely two different but they have a common goal and direction yes don't get us wrong we butt heads there's no doubt about it and we always will but the reality is we've got a common goal and a common objective about uplifting the industry for everybody working in it and wanting to work in it would it be correct if my perception was that either of the bodies or both of the bodies was was a regulatory organization or a regulatory body to regulate plumbers to say uh, plumbers must work in a specific way or must comply to specific standards or things like that and to ensure that, that the compliance is enforced in such a way that if they had to work to specific according to specific standards and requirements that that is enforced onto them would, would that perception be correct or isn't that quite accurate no, i don't uh, it's not accurate so uh, uh, prrb uh, will have a look at the the regulations and the standards and that sort of thing as they are put out by whatever the bodies are, SABS or government or whoever it is, and say, uh, ensure that the plumbers comply to those standards. But they're not necessarily regulating the installation or anything. They're just making sure that the plumber uh, adheres to those standards. So to call them a regulatory body, I don't, I don't think it would be quite right. From, an, from IOPS's side, uh, no, not at all. From IOPS's side, it's, uh, we're more about representing the industry. 100%. Just to add to that, and I think it's also a pretty big misconception in the industry, you know, you get a lot of people coming along and say, the PRRB's standards, the PRRB's regulations, yeah. leading on with Brenda, it's not our regulations. The regulations exist. We simply just, if you want for a better word, apply them and measure them. And I'll go back to the point that I made earlier. IOPSA is the ones that sit and talk to government. So if industry wants to change the standards, they have a, IOPSA has, is one of the voices in those changes, right? The, and everybody else who is party to that specific process, industry players, um, other associations, they sit around the table and they say that the wall needs to be pink. PRLB is not at that committee. They don't sit at that specific table. They don't have the conversation. They, they will wait for the output of industry and says, go and measure and make sure that the wall is pink All right. and we go out. In two years' time, if industry sits down and says, no, the wall must be red, they will change the, the requirements, the regulations and standards, and the PRO will be pick up that and monitor it according to those specific standards. So again, I'll just repeat, people got this perception that we create the standards. We do not do that. Industry creates the regulations and standards as a collective and we just simply apply and measure against those. Well, that clarifies that, and it, it makes a little bit more sense now. Brendan, um, tell us a little bit more of IOPSA or about IOPSA as an organization. Uh, if I can just shoot a couple of questions in there. By whom was it founded? Um, how is IOPSA structured and how is it governed? And, and what, is, what is the kind of representation of IOPSA locally, regionally, nationally, um, and then lastly, I would have a question to say, what are the benefits 
for companies to register with IOPSA? So uh, it was established in, uh, in August uh, 1989 by a group of plumbers in Cape Town. And uh, since then, uh, it went through several iterations and uh, uh, it grew and it fell back and membership grew again and it fell back. Uh, but about 31 years ago, it was established mainly to represent the interests of plumbers. And interestingly enough is at that time, the big bugbear for everybody was unqualified people doing the work. Uh, and 31 years later, unfortunately, we still deal with that same problem all the time. So uh, it grew and uh, until about two years ago, and uh, maybe about three, four years ago, uh, it remained a very small organization. Uh, in the last uh, sort of five years, uh, uh, my predecessor and myself may have managed to put together some uh, some decent funding streams. And then since then, IOPSA has been able to actually have some permanent employees on the ground um, and, and really start making a big impact. Um, I, I think I've spoken about how it's structured. You have touched uh, on this. But I maybe think. just to, to one element to touch on is that we are represented in most regions of, of the country. Um, and our goal going forward over the next couple of years is to have uh, a permanently employed people in every single region. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to do that yet. Uh, we do have uh, in, in uh, KwaZulu-Natal, Gauteng, and to a degree in the Western Cape. But our goal is to ultimately have employed people right throughout the country. Um, so I suppose uh, any company that that operates in the plumbing industry is eligible to join um, IOPSA. Obviously, uh, we started as an organisation for plumbers, and and it still remains the heart of our of our uh, membership and. It, it's definitely the focus of our, of our organization. So around about 65% of our total membership is, is actually plumbers, and by far the majority of those are small to medium organizations. Uh, the rest is made up uh, of, of, as I said, uh, plumbing merchants, retailers, manufacturers, um, Training providers, training providers, uh, associated companies. Uh, there's some there's some tech people involved. Uh, so so, but the core of the business will always be the plumbers. As to the benefits, and and I think Lee touched on it. The first question I say uh, when I get asked this is, uh, you, you become a part of IOPSA because you want to give back to this industry where that you earn money from. So that, that needs to be your starting point. If your starting point is, uh, I'm going to join IOPSA in order to get something out of it, uh, most of those people end up being a little bit disappointed. But if, if uh, your starting point is, I want to join this organization so that I can be a part of my industry and give something back to this industry that's done so well for me that I've that I've earned a living out of and built a business out of, uh, then then you then you'll get a lot more rich and rewarding uh, feedback from it. But having said that, uh, there is a number of benefits to being a member of IOPSA. First and foremost uh, is the status. There's definitely a status attached to being an IOPSA member. 
and uh, and in fact it it's becoming a sought after status so we've started to see that some tenders some government tenders call for iops membership uh, we know that certain insurance companies and certain managing agents um, uh, prefer to use iops members uh, and we also hear a lot of the public in fact we get about 220 inquiries a week uh, looking for for iops members in in a particular area so the the public is also starting to become aware right. and seeking out iops besides that it just gives you a forum where where you can be heard uh, where you can get information uh, and we have then access to training and technical support and all sorts of things and then then the nice to haves which unfortunately are, are the things that a lot of people focus on which to me are the, the least important you know discounts from uh, for example Nissan or from Tiger Wheel and Tire or from Builders right. Warehouse and those sort of those sort of organizations so there's a whole heap of, um, of, of benefits I said to somebody the other day uh, it's if you weren't an IOPSA member, it's like getting Google for the first time. Because, uh, I mean, especially Steve, like I think half the plumbers in the country have Steve's Steve number on, <laughs> on speed dial. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Google. I don't know what this thing is. I don't know where to do I don't know how to do this. From what I can deduce from that, from what you're saying, that is like the plumbers can call in there and say, listen, I need some technical advice. Are you are you guys able to give me some technical? You, I suppose you have a technical committee. Well, no, not, only, uh, not only technical advice, but business advice, payment. The guys have got issues with payments. And uh, you, you've got somebody to go to. You know, my wife and I started that. I mentioned we, start, we, we had a small little uh, business, which my wife still runs. Um, and that was in the scale industry. And one of the things that I struggled with was how lonely it was. Um, th there was no association. There was nobody I could, if I didn't know something, pick up the phone and say, hey, help me, guide me. Nothing. You had to learn it on your own. And so the plumbers, I think, often don't realize how blessed they are to have an organization where they can just literally pick up the phone and get an answer to almost any question that they have. In 30 seconds. Lee, I can direct the same question to you. Um, I think I touched on, I, I, I touched on earlier on that it was, came out to the, the you know, um, the Institute of Plumbing that they said we need to be as a collective, bring something together in a form of register. And it started, like I said, 10 years ago, 2000, no, not 10 years ago, 2008, which is 10 years, no, 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, 100% from that point of view. But it came from the the requirements, the needs of industry, and exactly the the, the, the the cohort that happened 31 years ago in Cape Town and said we needed to start this journey. It was a, an extension of that specific thing 20 years later where we said now we have to go into that next level. And, that, and that's how, obviously, PRRB came about. And PRRB is a slightly, uh, it's a considerably different structure because we don't have, we're not a regional body, we're a national body. Right. So we don't have this structure that feeds into from the ground up, you know, and talks through that specific process. Um, uh, how the board, we are, we are, uh, have a 10 member, 11 member board, right, which is made up of s uh, different sectors. In other words, we have the insurance sector, we have 
municipality representation. We have uh, a government representation, training training um, individuals, and but predominantly, the predominant amount of board members is made up of plumbers or plumbing company. Uh, obviously, we have an internal structure as well. Obviously, we have an operational structure. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention about the board and what people don't understand is that they're all volunteers. Not one of them, other than the department heads which report into the board, are paid people. It's all free, exactly the same as IOPSA. It's all volunteers through the process. So they, 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 they come and give up their time because they wish to make a difference in the industry or the betterment of everybody in the industry. Similar to the benefits, uh, uh, let's go back to the regional structures. We don't have regional representation. We don't have, but we have a process for people advocating to it. We use a lot of um, bodies um, out there to add specifically IOPSA. So therefore we encourage engagements through their structures as well to pass through up to us from that point of view. We have um, direct communications that come through to our office into the national office as well. I would, I would add that um, uh, we were lacking on the fact that we weren't um, doing regional shows or regional things. We actually had a whole program mapped out, ready to rock and roll, and obviously some strange thing happened. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but but I think they called it COVID-19. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and it actually, we were ready to rock and roll, ready to get the boots on the ground, because we actually found that it was nice that um, the plumbers would wanted to see a face on the ground. So yeah. we were ready to, to roll that specific thing up, and obviously it happened. And But we'll pick it up again. There's no doubt about it. But this, it doesn't mean you don't have access to the PROB, you don't have access, but you know where the biggest challenge comes in is that, and it goes back to this, is what is it in for me? You know, you know, we got to look at it as a collective. We can't just say, well, you know, you say this, <laughs> but we have 19 other other people say differently. Sorry, we, what do we follow? Do we follow you <laughs> or do we follow the 99 people? And obviously we've got to spend our resources where the bulk is, and it's any other democracy. Yeah. You know, the democracy says that they want the PROB, they want the benefits or the, the, the process of the PROB, and yes, there's a group of people that are, you know, are, are, are negative against, and they, they have their full right to do that, but it doesn't make them right. It doesn't make them that they are the people and the voice and everything from that point of view. We have to follow what everybody says, which brings me to the benefits. You know, people ask what the benefits are. So the reality is that I'll be straight. The benefits, it's not like a member organization that you pay for benefits. I, I use the analogy. It says, uh, Willem, you got this thing. How many magazines have you received from this driver's license club that you belong to? And, so you, and I give you an X amount and say, only two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got two more than me. <laughs> so, so the reality is you have to be registered sure. and you have to meet certain criteria. And that's the function of the PRLB. All the other things are value adds that we are able to give because we built up over time and using the platforms through IOPSA is we use them, you know, where we pass on information to them and they advocate out for us as well. Um, training, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily go directly out because the, the, the people don't understand is that we as the professional, uh, not the professional body, because PRLB is a professional body. And when you become a professional body, you are not allowed to train because it becomes a judge and a jury again, because okay. to to register with the PRLB, you have to meet certain criteria. 
And what that criteria is simply a qualification. Now, just imagine if PRLB was playing in that space of developing the qualification, they are setting the criteria for your, their measurement to be registered. And that's why we don't play in that space. PRO, sorry, IOPSA talks, they the AQP and the DQP for the qualifications, and we take the lead from them. So um, when you say, what are the benefits? Well, there's not really that much benefits as in the magazines and all that stuff. The benefit is that you are party to a code that is trying to make the industry follow the same line and same. So we're batting off the same wicket. We make sure that we're all on the same. Oh, we still got a far way to go. Brendan mentioned it is. We talk about those unqualified people. But in absence of the PRLBI officer, who is there? Yeah. <laughs> what is out there? Sorry, Lee. Uh, can you just explain that AQP and DQP in terms of what it is, just for those that uh, you know, so may AQP not know is the assessment acronym. quality partner. Uh, that uh, in so in the plumbing industry, IOPSA uh, goes out and assesses the quality of the the delivery of the training. Uh, in short, I don't, it gets very complicated, but I don't think we should go into it here. But we assess the quality of the training that's delivered. Uh, the DQP is the development quality part. All right. So in other words, there we get involved in the development. Uh, of the of the of the curriculum, or the, or a skills program, or whatever it is within the plumbing industry, and ensure that the quality is kept at the right sort of standard. When when, when Brendan says development quality partner, they have input, but one of the other important roles that they have do as development, they coordinate industry to sit around the table to give input. So it's not IOPS's voice; they have a voice as part of that process but they, they coordinate everybody else, which are not party to IOPSA, to come around the table and give input. In exactly the same way as I'm gonna change tax slightly, as the South African National Standards of Regulations. It's not IOPSA who develops it, it's not PRRB develops it. They all have input as a collective that is coordinated by, in the case of the standards, by SABS. They call people around the table right. and says, so we all, obviously we all put our inputs in. As I said, PRLB will not put their input in. Um, so therefore you will see that there is not one representative sitting at SABS representing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. We have individuals sitting there who may be board members of the PRLB, but they do not sit there representing all the right. PRLB. They sit there in their own right and representing their own organizations or wherever they work for or whatever it is. Okay. I, 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 if, with your permission, I'd like to just jump back to uh, what Lee was talking about before, Steve. Um, uh, and I think there's, an, there, there, there's uh, as far as a benefit is concerned, there's an important aspect that, uh, that gets overlooked here. Uh, and, and it's come up in the last two surveys that IOPS has done. Uh, is there recognition that uh, especially a licensed plumber has now in the industry? Uh, and in fact, in the last two surveys that we've done, we did a little bit of a, a salary survey at the same time. And the licensed plumber that's registered with PRRB is becoming a more valuable commodity in the, in the industry. So uh, I, it's 
I don't think it's ever been one of PRRB's goals to to have this happen, but it's kind of an uh, an unintended benefit of uh, registering with PRRB. So it's an important thing to acknowledge. But but I think it's uh, just to add on to that specific. It's not because of the title. It's about the value that title brings to Absolutely, the process, of course. And that value shows that the guy is. Um, keeping up with his continuous professional development, that he was a qualified plumber, that he's putting his hand up and saying, look, I am standing up and I'm hearing to a code and I want to be audited. Correct. I want to go through that specific process. And a result of that, naturally, he becomes a value proposition to the industry. And obviously, what follows on with that is the, the RAND value. Can I deduce from that that it's it, that it may be uh, the recognition from the from the public from the consumer to say that listen I would prefer to use somebody who is part of a body somebody than than somebody who's unqualified and and and, and may pose a risk on whatever installation or repra- repairs they do at my property. Yeah, you're hundred percent again, but I want to just twist it slightly. What is the accountability if accountability. something goes wrong? And that's what the, the, the I spoke about. You you asked me, you asked earlier, what value does IOPSA give me as a member in the process? And I'm saying credibility. And with that credibility brings value. That if I do something wrong, a code and my peers are there to judge me right. in that specific thing. And that's what brings that specific process that people are more and more. And what you will find, and I, I'm going to just jump onto the IOPSA bus because they're the ones that receive a lot of complaints coming in. And, and a lot of the complaints that we receive at the PRRB has got nothing. We can't do anything because they're either not a member of the Institute of Plumbing or they're not registered individuals. But yes, the kicker is that the culture in South Africa is a culture of pay as little as possible, but try and get the most value out of the process. And that's that—that's the mindset. Uh, that is the problem in, in our sector at the moment, is that our value proposition that we have created as IOPSA and PRLB and instilled in the plumber hasn't caught up with the consumer out there and the RAND value. So they still want to pay the, the low amounts, but the industry is still batting at the higher amount. But then the problem is Mrs. Jones is still going after the lower amounts. But it's changing. It's changing slowly but surely, but it will not change overnight. And we made, I think in the last three years, we've made strides, massive strides in the sector. Can I then ask Lee? You, you, you've, you've touched on the subject where you said that there, there are certain uh, groups or certain individuals that may have a negative perspective toward the, the, the industry bodies. Can I ask the both of you? Is there a reluctance from individuals and/or companies, for that matter, to register with the industry bodies? Certainly, yes. Um, but we still have those negative people out there. But and I think I think. What the problem is, is they don't see the bigger picture. They look at the small picture and they say, well, what is it in for me now? I need a change now. And I think um, Gary Gary McNamara, um, the previous executive of uh, uh, director of the Institute of Plumbing, said an organization and industry bodies is like a bee. They go out and pollinate things. They don't really reap the reward straight away, but they, they go through and they start changing it. And, and through that change, 
that wheel starts really slowly but surely moving. And I think that's where the biggest problem is, is people don't see that bigger picture. And therefore, they want, you know, in our society, is instant gratification. And we, we just can't get It's trying to shift the machine that has been bad for the last 30 years. How do you shift it overnight? But definitely, there is definitely change that is happening in the sector. And we can see it over the last years that we've been plowing the fields and making sure things are coming right. Uh, look, from uh, an IOPSA point of view, uh, we interact with a lot of different industry bodies um, in a lot of dif different sectors all the time. And uh, generally, uh, if you speak to these the other industry bodies, uh, membership is a huge issue for them uh, in, in that it's declining. And, and that's across the board. Uh, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, what, uh, what uh, field you're in, uh, even even if you look at uh, uh, non other non-profit organizations that are involved in, in charity work or, or like Roundtable or Rotary, or the, or across the board, it's a general worldwide trend, uh, declining numbers. We're bucking the trend. So, uh, so certainly within IOPSA, uh, I don't know the PRRB's numbers that well, although I've seen the graph and the graph is definitely going in the right direction, but certainly within IOPSA, we see uh, uh, more membership growth, more applications, less cancellations. In fact, month after month after month, which, which is just such an amazing vote of confidence and, and, and it just tells me that obviously we're doing something right and, and I'm very thankful for that. I think Lee can probably talk more to the numbers of PRRB, but, uh, but as I said, I've seen the graph for PRRB and, that, and those numbers just keep going up. So people are continuing to register with PRRB. 100%. But it, again, it's an indicative that we as two organizations are doing is trying to change the industry, to bring value to the industry. And um, uh, it, it's not an easy thing. There's no doubt about it from that point of view. And it takes years and years of plowing that field, as I said. And we're definitely making a difference. And we can see the graph changing. But I think what, what's very important for me, and I, I, I presume Brendan would advocate the thing, is we don't want you to force you to join. That's not the object. You must join because you want to make a difference in the sector. And that's what makes the difference because we, it's easy for us to a big, do a big stick approach. It's easy, you know, from that point of view and say, you will. Yes, there's a, there's a balance between the two, but the reality is we want to be able to say, you must say, I want to belong because the organization and the industry is making a difference. And we are getting to that tipping point. And that is why Brendan mentioned that the, the, the IOPS is bucking the trend with the figures of membership growth is because people see the value and they want to be part of that value. You know, the, the, the avid side build it and they will come. And I think we are there. And to the extent as well is that we have a lot of interactions with different bodies. And, and literally, and I'm going to be confident in saying, we would be one of the lead trades in the industries because they're looking at us and asking, well, how are you doing this? How are you going about changing this trend that is going on? What, what are the value propositions you're bringing to the table? Why, why are you so successful? And I think it was just the right attitude. And, and again, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of challenges out there from that point of view. There's a lot of negative voices out there. And we encourage those negative voices to, 
to continue because it keeps us on the straight and narrow but <laughs> just advocate for the right reason number one and number two as i indicated is that don't think we're going to fall over backwards because you say it should be like this we have a constituency and you spoke about numbers let's be real we sitting in the region of about 7000 licensed plumbers registered with PRRB currently so which one do we deal with? do we deal with a handful of a hundred odd or do we deal with the 7000 or 6900 it's very simple so and we so that we don't get sucked into we, we acknowledge that the voice is there we acknowledge that freedom of expression is there but we're not going to get sucked in because you say it should be like that we don't go that specific i'm going to throw two questions together now um, what happens if to to those who feel that they don't want to join that they don't want to register can they continue operating as as in their profession can they continue operating um and and then second to that is uh, brendan i can maybe direct that question to you um is it sufficient to register with only with either of the bodies only one of the bodies or, or is it encouraged to maybe register with both i think uh, from my point of view it's not a necessity to belong to the institute of plumbing and neither is it a requirement to belong to the prob it's not a requirement there's no law that says you have to be registered with the prob it's still a voluntary process but yes the kicker if the installation requires a certificate of compliance in terms of the regulations or the national requirements therefore by default you have to be registered with the prrb but then i want to add to that because people ask well now you're forcing me to the join the prrb and you're putting me into a difficult situation well the reality is what is the requirements to join the prrb there's only one requirement you must be a qualified plumber not set by us set by the qualification which you got years ago or whatever it is if you don't have a qualification yes it's going to be a challenge to get into the prrb because the set requirements is you need to be a qualified plumber going back to your question regards does it prevent a person from trading no it doesn't what it prevents the person from doing is if a coc is called for then it changes the synopsis if you know what i'm saying it's exactly the same as i opsa you don't have to belong nobody said you must and whatever it is. But as uh, Brennan indicated, more and more, because IOPS and PR are bringing, are bringing a value proposition to the table with accountability and processes in place, more people are aligning to that process and saying, you know, we want to be party to that, knowing the fact that if somebody steps out of line, we have a body to approach, a third party to approach. We don't have to go and fight with that individual or try and do that specific. And we can address it from that point of view. So that value proposition drives the plumber to be forced. And I'm going to use the word forced, but not by PRLB, not by OPSA, but the entity that sees the value of OPSA tells him, you must join. Right. Yeah. So if I answer it, so I agree with everything Lee said, uh, just to answer it from a, maybe a different angle is uh, 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 joining the PRRB is a decision that the individual must make in their personal capacity. Uh, so, so you as a, as a qualified plumber uh, and your career progression and where you want to go and what you want to do, you, you make that decision. Now, again, nobody's forcing you, but you make the decision whether or not you want to register with the RV. Your the company that you work for 
may make the decision to register with IOPSA uh, for, for different reasons. Forget about PRRB, forget about IOPSA. The regulations, the national building regulations are clear. They are clear in the fact that you must be a trained, they use the word trained plumber, um, you must be a trained plumber or people working on that installation must be adequately supervised by that trained plumber. Now that has always been in place. It's not as though it's something new that fell out of the sky or whatever it is. The kicker was, is it was never enforced. And because it was never enforced, people did what they want. Along comes the PRRB and says, to be registered, you need to be qualified. And then of course people says, but I've been doing it for years. Yes, you've been doing it for years, but guess what you've been doing? You've been breaking the law for years because it just hasn't been enforced. And again, like PRRB, we're just taking the regulations. Obviously people interpret it differently. We take the but but it's clear you must be a trained plumber. I don't think it's much of it. I don't, Brendan. Do you interpret no, anything? It's that's very clear. One. It's crystal clear. clear. Trained plumber in terms of the Manpower Act. It says that's what it says in the regulation. Of course, the Manpower Act has changed to the NQF Act, which defines what a plumber is, which fits into that space of uh, what uh, AQP and DQP and all that that, that minefield space from that point of view. Hundred percent, Lee. You've touched on the subject of, of, of you mentioned. Uh, qualified, the word qualified plumber, and you've mentioned the word licensed plumber. Does that mean that uh, within the PRB there are different levels of registration or different statuses of registration? It's a, it's a very good question, and it confuses, I wouldn't say confuses people, but to, to so you, let's distinguish the two. You have the qualification, which is in terms, you go and go and do your trade test, you go through a, a learnership, you used to do the old red seal, uh, the QCTO, whatever process you get that qualification, you go and choose a accredited training provider and as I said which leads to the trade test when you finish that trade test you get your qualification that qualification, the, the title is plumber, so therefore by default I'm qualified as a plumber now when you come to the PRRB we have different categories of registration and they make the term designations so what a designation, so uh, we don't call them categories of registration, we call them designations. So when a, when a plumber comes along, he will apply against the designation he requires. So what is a designation? A designation is a requirement for being a professional body. You must be registered, you must register your designation that requires an underlying qualification. So in the case of licensed plumber, the underlying qualification is a qualified plumber. So the individual goes and gets his qualification wherever he is, he comes to the PRRB, he then applies to the professional body and he says, I want to be a, a licensed plumber. He will submit his qualification, obviously because there's so much fraudulent activity out there and from that, I mean, we, the amount of fraudulent COC, not COCs, qualifications we get through this door is immense. We do a third-party verification. They go through the process, phone up the various bodies and say, this certificate that I've got in my hand, can you verify that it is okay? They verify that specific thing. Then the, the individual 
goes through step number one and he's close to getting to a licensed plumber. And the reason why I say he's close to there is because as a professional body, we do an internal assessment before that we can give the guy the right to sign off the COC in, in the case of licensed plumber. So we say we determine that you're a qualified plumber, aka we've determined you've got a driver's license, but let's put you in the car now and just make sure you understand how to drive the car. And that's basically what we do. And then the guy carries out an assessment, um, an internal online assessment after he completes that, if he passes, he gets his designation, which is the licensed plumber. So for all intents and purposes, a qualified plumber is a licensed plumber. Right. And it's just it's just a matter of then going through that assessment, that final assessment to, to push him up to the designation level of, of licensed plumber. Correct. And then he can start issuing COCs. Correct. And then, and then obviously in terms of the professional bodies and the NQF Act, which we have to adhere to because that status is confirmed to us, there's certain criteria we've got to meet. And obviously, as we know, that industry continuously changes with new updates and more so in this industrial revolution, our quick new technologies change. We have that, that that dreaded term everybody hates is, and I know we're going to be doing a podcast. Uh, uh, there is a podcast out, if I'm not mistaken, on CPD. On CPD, Continuous that's professional development. So watch out for that one as well. 100%. get insight to that specific. 100%. Right. So, Brendan, I've got a question here that I would like to ask you. What is IOPS's stance on transformation? Yeah, Willem, uh, so... Uh, it's a very important component for IOPSA. Uh, we have uh, recently, just in the last uh, 18 months, in fact, put together a transformation policy and a transformation committee. Uh, and and uh, there's, a, there's a good focus on transformation. And um, we've had some really great results. So uh, we're very happy with that. And uh, it's, it's a key focus area for us. Uh, something that we believe in passionately, something that we uh, that we're really driving towards, and uh, trying to ensure that uh, that our industry is inclusive. So for us, it's not about exclusivity. It's not about keeping anybody out or blocking anybody or suppressing or pushing down anybody. It's not about that at all. It's about bringing everybody in. So it's really about inclusion for us, and uh, and we're working very hard at it. It's a tough task. Um, challenging environment at the moment, but I'm very pleased to say that we're making excellent progress. Yes, it's 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 a challenging environment, and and uh, the board meeting today, the, the operating committee says, guys, while we do aspects in transformation, we can do so much more, and definitely uh, we will be working much closer with the Institute of Plumbing to actually because I mean uh, the reality is, the, you know. Again, within both bodies, we have got limited resources. So we need, and, and it's the singular voice that we're talking, you know. So we are going to jack ourselves up from that point of view. Not to say that we don't. We definitely, our numbers show that the growth in the transformation sector is considerably much higher. But that's not, I would I would, I would be clear that it's not a direct PRLBI OPSA driver. It's the change in the value proposition that we've been working on for years. By default, has now pushed that specific sector, aka um, uh, a lot of the sectors are now being forced to issue a COC where they were conforming outside of the specific process. To issue a COC, you're required to be 
a licensed plumber. A licensed plumber, which requires you to be qualified, which pushed them towards their qualification. It wasn't us directly and say, you will go and what. It's an indirect route. And we see that numbers. We see that change in the industries because it's forcing, it's pushing people to do the right thing. And again, I go back to it. It's clear. The regulation says you've got to train. You have to be a trained plumber. But because we're enforcing that method, there's a change in that. But with Brendan, uh, I support in saying that we can do so much more. I mean, the reality is that, I mean, just to give you some figures out of that 7,000 that I spoke, 30% are only black. I mean, okay, let me just get about, let me rather say that I think it's 56% are of color. Let's put it that way. And uh, not 56, 46. 46 are of color, which is a mix of, uh, and uh, the rest is white. But that, but that was our past. And it's not to say, I mean, we did a survey with GIZ, and just to give you an indication, 124,000, 124,000 self-identified people in the sector saying they are plumbers. That's self-identified. It doesn't mean they are qualified. Or uh, registered. Or no, no, registered. Now you had to work out what that is. Now you understand that sector. Now I mean, a lot of that sector has got the hand skills and the ability to, to, to um, uh, achieve the qualification. It's just that we need to now push the mechanisms in place and make sure that it's, I wouldn't say easy, but help them out to achieve it. I know we've got some good programs on working with the PRLB, some exciting recognition of prior learning, which in the next month or two is really going to kick in to that process. So must watch out for that, the industry. And it's definitely, and it's helping the sector, you know, to help the sector and guide them to achieve their formal qualification through a trade test. And it's guiding them to that trade test. So let's break those barriers down as much as we can. Let's be clear, you still have to walk (laughs) that journey we can't walk it for you. Yeah, we don't change the quality. It's not yeah. about changing the quality. It's about uh, trying to remove some of the red tape and uh, uh, make it more accessible. So, so there's uh, definitely the quality. In fact, we want to raise the quality. The That's quality standards we want to raise, but we want to make it more accessible. So we want to make it available to people that they can follow the pathway as opposed to where right now there's a lot of red tape and it's a bit awkward and disconcerting and they're not sure how to go, uh, that we want to help them so they can get there, get get to the trade test easier. Brendan, that steers directly into my next question, which would be, uh, which would be uh, is there any proof that since the coming to existence of the two bodies, the two plumbing industry bodies, that the overall quality of work of the plumbers has improved. Absolutely. It's quite a lot of proof, in fact. So um, I, I, I think Lee will also want to speak to this, but, uh, you know, we just, in terms of the surveys that we that we do and the research that we do, there's very clear evidence that uh, that it's changing. Uh, there's We see changes within the, the plumbing retail and plumbing merchant stores. Where, uh, where people used to sell anything that they wanted to sell, uh, like the cheapest that they could find. We see now that uh, people are approaching us to assist them in ensuring that the products they sell are compliant because because they want to make sure, because they, they're not going to do it out of the goodness of their hearts, let's be honest. Their clients are demanding it from them. Uh, and uh, we're seeing uh, sales of compliant products increasing 
we are uh, we are seeing more audit passes where, where before there were a lot, lot more audit fails we're seeing a lot more audit passes so yeah, there's there's a heap of information out there um, and maybe I, I think it's maybe something that we need to have a look at as a project uh, is to to do some some research and and produce some um, independent statistics on that but there's a there's a heap of evidence out there that things are really changing yeah i can support that 100 i can even add to the fact that we can see it in our assessments you know when a when a qualified plumber comes in he carries out an assessment in the past the failure rate was horrendous but the flip side is now swapped around they're, they're actually as an industry now stepping forward and saying you know we are a professional that's correct and therefore we need to act like a professional and what does it mean to act like a professional? I'll leave it up to everybody else to answer that specific thing. <laughs> yeah. But definitely a change. There's definitely there's positive things from the auditors on the ground, as Brendan said. But that's the measurement at the end of the day, because we, we're a bottom-up approach. We're not a top-down approach. And what I mean by that, it happens. The conformance, you know, that's the failure of everything. Is it because we've got great laws. We've got great regulations. But they're as useless of a uh, useless as a chocolate fireman if there's no enforcement thereof, yeah. and that's what we bring to the table. We're just pointing out and say that's wrong. The regulation says that's wrong, and as a result of that, it's a bottom-up approach. And because of that change, it changes the sector. And uh, uh, the less failures there are, the more positive approach of when they engage with the the, the plumbers. It's not like oh. You know, who are you? You know, I don't want you yet. Or it's more of a positive approach. And they welcome it because now they're standing up and taking ownership of their own space. And they want people to have that criticism of their space. And it's not it's not an indicative of you as a person. It's an indicative of to help you out to be better. And as a collective, we make the industry better. And as a, a better, and this is the kicker, going back to this RAND value, the better value proposition we as an industry put forward, the better the RAND value will change in the industry. I think it's also a matter of pride and, and taking pride in what you do and, and, and you know your reputation to to the consumer out there. If you're a service deliverer and you would you would like to have a perception to the consumer there that you do deliver quality services and, and, and products for that matter. I mean, you know, I always used to in the past say, you know, when you're in a you know, a group of friends and they say, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I was a plumber, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Nowadays, I, I think it's changing where they stand up. And as you know, we've got the campaign called Proud Plumber. Mm-hmm. There's more and more stickers I see on the bucket. because they must stand up and be proud to be a plumber because it's a true refresh, uh, prefer- you're a professional. You should be measuring yourself up to a doctor. Correct. Or why should you be any different? Yeah. Correct. It's amazing, actually, on the subject uh, when you see what uh, what things are happening in, uh, particularly in in the U.S. Uh, is the massive drive that's happening in the U.S. now and and Canada to to get people into trades uh, because people are all of a sudden realizing that, that there's all these people out there with a with a degree in political science or or or, or I don't know, literature or I don't know. You know, there's all these people out there with degrees because the drive for many years was university, university, university. And then there's all these people sitting with these de- useless degrees that are not able to get jobs. Uh, and so 
particularly in the US, there's a massive drive uh, back to plumbing or well, back to the trades. To, to trades plumbing, is, uh, plumbing is a, a leader in that. So uh, I think I think we're going to see something similar. Uh, COVID COVID has changed a lot of people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I know there's there's, there's always this you know. People tend to attach uh, or, or uh, associate certain stigmas with certain tradespeople. If they look at a mechanic, they would say, you know, a mechanic is a typical guy with his dirty nails and dirty hands. But my question to, to people out there and to the audience out there is, what would you do without a mechanic? What would you do without a plumbing? Can you fix your own plumbing? Right would, you kill, would, would you clean your own rail? Would you, can you do it? Do you have the knowledge? And the skills and the competencies to fix your own plumbing. Do you have your competencies to fix your own vehicle? You may have a degree as an as an accountant, but can you fix your own car? Um, just as a quick one, I think Brendan, you've made reference to America and everything else, but you know, to to both Julie and yourself, you know, and and you work very closely with other associations. Where would you put IOPS and PILB in terms of relationship to what's bag, happening Steve. in the I rest think, of the world? Uh, uh, we had this discussion with a number of people in uh, when we were at the World Plumbing Conference. Um, and and I think in a lot of ways, we we way ahead of where other countries are. So, it, for example, the UK, uh, we were quite shocked by what a shambles things are in the UK. Uh, but maybe if you compare us to Germany, we're a long way behind. Uh, maybe I would say we're a little bit ahead of Australia. So it varies from place to place. The one thing uh, that, uh, that, that is very different in South Africa is the level of non-compliance. So, uh, so where everybody in the world has uh, non-compliance and has unqualified people doing some work here and there, uh, the scale in South Africa is massive. So I think we've done exceptionally well and we certainly i think we can hold up our heads with any country in the world uh, as far as uh, the two organizations are concerned but within our own country i i, I think we've got this culture this this uh, non-compliance culture and it's something we really need to deal with yeah i think in the uh, i'll support what brendan said it's in the context of the country that you are in you know because each one's got a different dynamics but I think um, based on our understanding of the different, different I think we, we're doing very well, you know, from where we're coming from, you know, from a base of non-compliance, base of a culture of, well, I'll do anything I want, to where we are is massive as Streep's head. I mean, just you spoke about the UK. They're in shambles, but not from a non-compliance point of view. There's other reasons why they're in shambles, yeah. you know, a completely different cohort. But as a, I think believed as a, as a and Brendan, I don't know if you will agree with me, but as a as a whole package of what we have to deal with um, from because it's not just about uh, non-compliance and not adhering to regulations. It's our our training environment. It's our qualifications, which are not rigorous. You know, not not up to the quality that we're looking for as an industry as a package. I think we we we're very proud. As I say, proud proudly South Africa. There's no doubt in my mind from that yeah, point. Agreed. That's great news, Steve. Uh, and and um, 
Brendan, Lee, thank you for joining us. Just before we say goodbye to our audience, just before we end off this episode, I would like to ask you, uh, Brendan and Lee, within the PRB, within NIOPSA, any exciting news, any exciting events that are coming up, any exciting happenings, industry happenings that you can tell us about? As a lot of you are all uh, aware that PRB also launched their new auditing system and processes. Uh, we've got now a very good base to build on and some really exciting stuff that are in the wings that will be starting to unpack um, CPD, making it easier for them uh, to put their CPD processes. There's a new dynamic coming along with the auditing process, which puts back again to that, that it's your responsibility as an individual to walk that journey. And we're going to give you that that process. We're going to say to you, you need to walk that journey. And, and, and through the system and the processes and measurements that we're going to be putting into place, it's going to drive some very exciting stuff um, on the, uh, which leads eventually to, to where, and a lot of things are asking is that, well, it's great. We know, we know about PRLB and IOPSA within our little clicky, but the consumer doesn't know about exactly. that specific thing. And yes, I, I would admit it is a challenge because it takes a lot of funding to get to that specific I think IOPS is doing a great um, their uh, rankings within their uh, uh, their Facebooks and their Google environment and all that stuff and PRRP uh, but they're leading they're, they're putting us to shame a little bit and we're going to be catching up <laughs> but, but it's not about them and us it's about us as working together and there, there is going to be some definitely some um, a little bit of uh, nice things coming out to that specific we're just getting stable with a couple of things but again that's where we need to be all on the board because remember what the consumer does. They don't say, oh, that plumber. They say the plumber. Plumbers. Yeah. Yeah. Plumbers. That's correct. The plumbers. Probably the big thing for IOPSA is the launch of our, uh, our e-learning platform uh, and the learning management system. So anybody that's interested, go check out our website. Under the training uh, tab, you'll, you'll find the e-learning page. Uh, there's some really cool stuff coming on there. There's some, some good stuff on there now, but there's a lot more coming onto that site. Uh, it's really going to be, uh, it's going to be quite revolutionary. Lee, Brendan, thank you so much for your effort and your time and having joined us in the studio today. I think that the information that you've shared with the audience um, should carry very, very much value to them. I think you've clarified quite a few uh, issues and, and, and topics, touched on topics that people had was uncertain of um, thank you for your time and your effort thank you for having been here uh, Steve thank you for having been my wingman my anchor in this episode before I say goodbye to our audience I'd like to encourage you to follow Articulate It Plumber on Instagram and Facebook not only to find out more about the Man in the Van podcasts but also more about any other exciting and interesting news we may have our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion.